Hello there, everyone. Welcome back to Tap Calf Transmissions, the only Star Wars podcast that is consistently nine minutes late. I am Corey, joined as always by Justin Eckhart Slatter, Mr. Twitter Drama. How are you doing tonight? Good. Feeling fiery. Feeling the uh, just the mention of that stirring emotion in my heart. So thanks. And joining us for his third, fourth, or even more time on the put more fourth time. On the podcast, we have Mark from the Templin Institute coming to educate us from his accredited institution. How are you doing, Mark? Good. I didn't realize this was my fourth time. I thought it was my second. What was the other ones? There's You've... been two Halos, I think, right? You oh, did at least yeah. one Halo. Then when we did like the, the some of the video game announcement streams that we kind of counted as episodes. Yeah. Okay. Well, do... yeah. He didn't do an Alphabet Squad, did he? No. I don't think no. we've ever done a Star Wars book with Mark. Very sadly. Okay. I think okay, I've totally forgotten it, everything because but... I thought we'd only talked about the higher Republic, but maybe that was Alex's thing. The point is I'm glad to be here now, even if I'm going to forget about this apparently by tomorrow. Yeah. Well, that's the way it goes. If you, uh, if you follow us on, uh, on your podcast platform of choice, you'll get a little, uh, you'll get a little notification when we upload. And that's a reminder guys, if you're listening, just go ahead, follow us on your podcast platform of choice and drop a review. It really helps out. I tell you guys every episode and there's like one review a year and it's from the same dude over and over again. So <laughs> new reviews, please. Do they have to be good or can they be accurate? Um, I'll settle for accurate, but good would be preferred. All right. When we say we want good reviews, we don't mean we want positive reviews, though. We just want reviews that are funny, even if they're insulting to us. Mm-hmm. Like our favorite review, I think, is one of the first ones we got that was like two paragraphs of just yelling at us for calling Luke an incel once. So, <laughs> I think that was our first ever review. Yeah. yeah. And that, that one sticks in my mind as a high point for my life. So yeah, really I like the, the one after we, after we called the queen a Nazi. Well, that was a good one. Too. <laughs> God rest her soul, God rest her soul. So the game plan for tonight, we're going to be talking about Andor episode 11, as well as getting some of Mark's thoughts on the show as a whole, because we haven't checked Mm -hmm. in with him on that. Uh, We also have a few other fun, tangentially related topics from Twitter, if that feels like bringing those up. Any other Star Wars news that you guys have seen in the last little while, though, that's worth mentioning? Did you watch Grogu uh, Zen animation thing? Yeah, I'm, I'm shocked we didn't dedicate a whole uh, a whole video or a whole podcast to that. I, I did not watch it, but I'm happy to discuss it in detail. <laughs> I mean, well, do you have three you minutes? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing happened. It it like it, it's cute animation, but uh, it, there's no yeah. Nothing really happened. It's just it's a screensaver with Grogu yeah, bouncing around with some dust bunnies. Okay, yeah, I, I got a 40 music. minute video in the works about how its government structure is just completely inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> Physics in this are all wrong. <laughs> the dust bunnies don't behave like they do in the previous uh the previous movies because they were in previous movies that that's that's for real this, okay, so this dust video bunnies... changes everything yeah the dust bunnies are in the uh spirited away and princess or no uh my neighbor totoro no, oh, you mean in, in prior Ghibli stuff? I thought you meant in prior yeah, Star yeah, Wars yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. See, no. so does that mean those video, those movies, those Ghibli movies are now part of the Star Wars canon? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. The Absolutely. problem is, I thought they looked more like COVID viruses than dust bunnies. So I think they're supposed to be like soot, if I remember correctly. Hmm. Like I think that's what they 
Yeah. All right. I didn't think we'd have this long of a conversation about that. Anyways. No, speaking as someone who's never seen it, I, I think you're both right in a way. Oh, then. Yeah. Well, I, I'm glad we're back in grade seven book reports. <laughs> now, to build off what Mark said, I would like to point out nothing. I would like now, to that movie nothing. was a land of contrasts, if you ask me. <laughs> There's a Friends episode where I think uh, Rachel doesn't read the book when she goes to a book club, and it's we could just rip that off and see. That's if basically my life. What do you mean? <laughs> Watching friends and ripping it off for videos? No, having a book club and not reading the book. That's what this podcast is. Oh, well, I, yeah, you listen to the audiobook, is what wow. you say. I mean, there's certain times where, like, I'll, there's never been a time, there have been times where, like, I've been really stressed out. I'm like, I'm just going to read the Wikipedia for this one, but I've never done it as of yet, anyway. If we hadn't taken, if we weren't on our break we were on right now, I'd probably be at that point. Well, last week we were we didn't have an episode because I was actually meeting Eck in person for the first time. Uh, mm -hmm. So that was fun. We'll have. Mm. There was one picture taken of us together, which will never be released because me and Charlie look absolutely terrible in it. <laughs> I look like fine. a 50 year old Russian mobster that's balding. And so what you want the picture not to be accurate? I don't get it. Wow. <laughs> Did you say you met for the first time? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'd met Charlie before, but never Corey. Oh wow, that's surprising to me because you guys aren't that far apart. No, we're not. Yeah. No. It's only like a hour flight. COVID, honestly. But if COVID hadn't happened, we would have. He almost came last time Charlie did, but uh, well, there was a lack of planning. And I guess is is the big thing. No, there was a Charlie in the works. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that was my first time meeting anyone from anyone from YouTube at all. So that's yeah. my first work. <laughs> It was, did yeah, you it was uh, you enjoyed it? Yeah, you would find. I did until my eye got demolished. Yeah, but, you got like uh, you got Grogu and the dust bunnies in your eye. <laughs> pretty much. Like yeah. I was, I when I got to the airport and I was sitting there for like five hours without it getting better, and then was like getting home, and the next day it was still kind of fucked up. I was getting seriously concerned, but <laughs> then I yesterday I was able to take off the eye patch and things worked out. Nice. Okay. Good. Um, we did get a bit of news. This was a couple days ago. The uh, is Wave 6 of the Essential Legends collection. Uh, Yoda Dark Rendezvous. Uh, book 1 of the Republic Commando series. That's Hard Contact. Uh, presumably the other ones will be added at some point now as well. And the third one was um, Dawn of the Jedi. Dawn of the Jedi, yeah. Bitch. Yeah, whatever. They're going for no, I'm in favor you. of it. Yeah, you are. They are You're going a strong defender of uh, Dawn of the Jedi. Is that your favorite? I think, it was, I think all three were solid picks. Uh, and I think we're really going to see the ramifications of this play out in the, in the following days, weeks, and dare I say years. <laughs> we should read one of them. Uh, Corey, Mark is obviously knows them all word by word already. So there's oh, no yeah. point. There's a couple um, of does in there of the yeah. three, which, uh, which would you say is your favorite between Yoda, dark rendezvous, Dawn of the Jedi and mm. uh, hard contact. Probably dark rendezvous, to be honest. I was asking um, Mark, because oh. he's got deep thoughts on all of them. Oh, that's a tough one. I think the second one you said. Yeah. Dawn of the Jedi? Yeah. It's yeah. A, it's, a, it's definitely a fan favorite. Mm -hmm. What do you think about I, the big reveal at the end of that one? I thought, uh, I thought they set it up a bit too much to the point where when it was revealed, it's like, okay, I, I've seen this coming. Yeah. Like, you kind of knew by the end of it the Jedi were going to dawn, and then... Yeah. <laughs> 
We're going to talk about Andor soon, right? Because I, I got nothing to say about so any of this. What have you thought about the the series as a whole before we get into the nitty gritty of episode 11? Andor as a whole, I think, I, I can't imagine a, a better series. And it, it's such a refreshing change of pace to be on a, a podcast like this talking about something I actually enjoy. Because I'm so used to being the guy that's like, I didn't think this was very good. But uh, I've gone from Boba Fett and Kenobi just being like kind of done with Star Wars. I was of the opinion that like, they were out of ideas and then I like had nothing to say. And then Andor comes out and it's like, oh shit, this is like maybe the best piece of Star Wars content ever made. What did you think of uh, of Rogue One? Uh, I liked it. I think I, I don't know. It didn't really stick with me the way it stuck with some people. I thought, yeah, it, was, was, thought it was good. If they had done more movies like that um, sooner, I think maybe I would have been, been, uh, I don't know, more impressed with it. But uh, I mean, now retro- uh, retroactively, I think I'm going to enjoy it more next time I see it. Right. So Thanks to Andor. did you have any expectations for Andor coming into it or was it kind of a, oh, that'll exist? Uh, I, I kind of did. I forget the writer's name. Is it is it uh, Tony Gilroy? Tony Gilroy. Yeah, because he did. He was involved in Andor and he also did some like um, political thriller stuff. As yeah, I recall. Born. Yeah. So I was like, OK, that could be good. But my expectations were pretty, pretty low after. uh after Kenobi and Boba Fett, but then, you know, the first trailers come out, it's like, oh, okay, this might be something. Yeah. I think that's kind of how a lot of, well, that's how I felt, too. Yeah. 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 But even in my most optimistic expectations, I did not, you know, foresee the show being as good as it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I probably came in higher on an Andor than other people, I think, as I've said repeatedly, where, like, I would, Rogue One is probably my favorite Star Wars movie, so when Andor was announced, I was probably one of the like six people that were legitimately excited for it. But even then, like what we've gotten has been so much better than I expected. Mark, I know you're a big, um, like traditions guy, uh, or like you, you like you, you've got these little things that you do. Do you have like a, a routine for Andor when it comes on? Like, are you a 3am guy or I guess oh, for you, yeah. it's midnight, right? Yeah. Big time. So yeah. my, my kind of my, what do you call it? Tradition or, or, routine or yeah routine let's say i I try to get like a good meal uh ready for 1 a.m which is when it uh is on in my neck of the woods um is it always short ribs no that was the first time i did short ribs before it was like homemade pizza and homemade wings i did those blue noodles once and they they came out kind of (laughs) gross but uh yeah for me it's uh cook something over the day like kind of complex and then have a radio for 1 a.m and just watch that that thing and then i usually text uh alex of star wars explained uh some stupid comment. I don't know. <laughs> how, Last, uh, yeah. How complex were the noodles to do? Like, if you were cooking the noodles all day, that might explain why they were not the best. Uh, well, the noodles weren't cooked all day. What I did was I uh, I did like a marinade for uh, some flank steak. Yeah, okay. really getting that going. And the noodles were the last minute thing. But I just added blue food coloring to these like <laughs> you know yellowish noodles, and it ended up looking like it, it it wasn't great. I think there's a photo of it on our, my Twitter somewhere. But uh, there is room for improvement. It looks fine in the picture. Like, it looked blue enough. Yeah, there was some color correction going on there. Okay. <laughs> color replacement, more like in Photoshop. Yeah, the, the Templin Culinary Institute is not always reflecting reality. Someone would do that? Just go on the internet and lie? <laughs> but <Maybe>. they're nudes? <laughs> Mark posting doctored nudes on the internet. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm curious now. Do you guys have your uh, your tradition, your routine, or whatever it is? I watched in the morning, so because mm. for me it's it's not till four, so it's way too late. Um, yeah, it's a little brutal. Usually, I'm like, 
I, I'm, I'm a night owl. Like I'm usually working till like three or four, but to stay up till five, I'm usually a bit at nine. It's just, it's not worth it. So I usually just watch in the morning, usually with my daughter when she's taking her nap. So <laughs> mm. yeah. Yeah. Like I'll usually go back and forth and like my sleep schedule is not consistent at all. So sometimes I'll be watching it and then making whatever videos about it right as it's released. Other times I'll wake up and do it. So I, I do eat chicken wings most of the time while watching it, but that's mostly just because I always eat chicken wings. It's mostly because I'm nine. Around here, we call them Mandalora wings. <laughs> I think it's pretty good. Mm, no. It's not great. Okay, I'll come with something better. I will, but I it. need to be not on the spot. You called them chicken wings earlier yourself, so I don't know. Well, yeah, because I didn't want to, you know, like like launch off the gate with Mandalora wings and people be like, what the hell is that about? All right, well, I have a... I have a freezer down here that's basically full of Mandalora wings that I bought when they were on sale. So I'm going to be able to do the finale less next week, even though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll Did you watch to, it? I haven't yet because I wanted to do the podcast. Okay. I'm not spoiled. Did you watch it? Yes. And I didn't want to make Mark jealous. Oh, wait, you guys got the screeners or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Which is uh, weird. I'm not sure if we were actually supposed to because they didn't send an NDA or anything. Yeah, I didn't know um, about it, but like Justin messaged me because there are people talking about it on Twitter. The same people that fucking drives me crazy, by the way, the same people who they get a screener and I swear they get more out of bragging about it than it's like it's not impressive. Yeah, I actually that annoys the hell out of me when you see these tweets and it's like just got something sweet in my inbox. I like the ones that's like reviews that stick the fact they got the screener in there for like no real purpose. It's like uh, I had the screener a week ago and I just want to say that tonight's episode was great. <laughs> it's like, oh, thanks I'll, for letting me know. I'll mention that I was like given advanced access or given a free copy of something just for like disclosure purposes. Mm -hmm. But I try not to like, oh, you know what I was. I, I'll do that to people that I know, but I won't do that as like part of content or to random Internet strangers. Well, speaking as someone who didn't get the screeners, I'm insanely jealous and angry. <laughs> I don't know. Because I, I had a very real um, a very real thought. Like, do I want to watch this all at once? Or should I just wait? Like, should I wait and just do it with everyone else? And I honestly don't feel like I... I don't feel like watching both of them back-to-back -back was a real benefit or anything. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't have it to look forward to anymore. And having... Well, and, like, uh, you can't watch it on a TV, really. And there's you, your, there's, you got Chromecast now, but I I don't I can't do that with my stuff. But uh, well, I have to like get the thing on my phone and it doesn't doesn't work out very well. But you also have like your name plastered over the middle, so you can't. <laughs> it, it kind of interferes with the the viewing. Oh my experience. god, that Star Destroyer! So that card's like, oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm canon. I'm finally canon. <laughs> well, Eck is canon in Halo, aren't you? I don't think so. I thought there was I'm, just like a part of the Halo Infinite campaign where there was a voice in the background just talking about how bad the whole thing was. <laughs> yeah, no, not yet. Maybe at some point. Maybe I'll mod it in there or something. Like 9042 dickish asshole or something. <laughs> well, remember they did that with uh, the red versus blue guys in Halo 3? Yeah. In, uh, in Rat's Nest or whatever? Yeah, now we're we're seeing uh, the downsides of including rooster teeth too much in anything. Yeah, now the rat's nest kids come home. <laughs> they are the rat's nest. Yeah. Um, 
I was going to say. But yeah, so next week should be very, very, very exciting. Um, I'm not going to say whether I liked it or not, but I'm I'm just it's going to be it's going to be awesome to have everyone kind of excited. It just makes me wish. I know I've said it a million times. Make me wish the episode dropped at like a reasonable time so more people could watch it live. And I know mm-hmm. that's kind of a North American centric view, but it's not convenient for anyone right now. Not even, you know, maybe there's somewhere where there's but like even for like the west coast of the of europe it's not convenient for them either so i don't know if i had a real job yeah this would be a nightmare yeah yeah, yeah. well mark did you see the uh the announcements about them putting the first two episodes on cable and i think also on hulu oh yeah and my thought was the same as everyone else's like why not do the first three yeah but uh and i hope that uh, like so there was that report that came out that said, like, viewership for Andor was terrible. And then that same guy put out, a, like, a subsequent thing saying, oh, wait, I, like, messed this up. It's actually better than I initially reported. So, like, is viewership, like, still mid-tier or, or where is it? Do we know? I mean, we, we never know because even when we get real numbers, they're from, you know, Nielsen, um, Nielsen and they're ultimately just surveys and estimates. Yeah, uh, It's obviously not doing quite as well as, like, you know, the big daddy shows like Mando or Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Season two is confirmed anyway. So I, I just hope this wasn't like a desperate move, you know, where it's like, oh, we got to put this out somewhere else. So more people see it. See, I kind of I could see where you'd be coming from with that, like where that idea might come from. But I also saw people saying, like, that's also evidence that the show is bad. And to me, like, even <laughs> if it's not performing as well as some of those other shows, it's showing that they do still have so much confidence in it, which makes me really hopeful for them allowing this kind of project in the future or going forward more with uh, stuff that kind of matches this tone or being a bit more experimental mm-hmm. with what they'll do. Uh, Absolutely, 100%. So I, I'm hoping it's only a good sign that they were doing that rather than like any kind of last-ditch effort to to save a sinking ship. It's just like, really want to show everyone this because it's really cool <laughs> i kind of wonder whether a show of this quality could have been a real help for like the the sequel trilogy era like i kind of wonder say we didn't get and or what we got a show that was equally as good but set in the the new era like how would that have i just kind of wonder whether people would be more interested in that or you know it is kind of telling they keep going back more or less to the same era mando being the one well i guess no but was boba fett in the same era too maybe i'm full of yeah. shit here yeah boba fett was I, around I, the same time as mando that's why I, they were i'd say the... they're they're filling up that era really heavily like the you know the the in between six and seven era but we still haven't really besides resistance there's still been no true like uh sequel trilogy show i think we'll get there. yeah i think so too it needs a show to come in and like fix everything yeah, it would, that I, I think a show could do a lot to help. Like people say, the Clone Wars did that for them. For me, I never really liked the Clone Wars that much when I was growing up, so it didn't do yeah. that for me. But I know a lot of people kind of liked the liked this the, the prequel trilogy a lot more after that. Part of it is also having a little bit of distance, where like we're almost to the point. I guess we are to the point past uh, Rise of Skywalker, where like Clone Wars came out relative to Episode Three. But doing any kind of new project in that era is still a really big commitment on like, this is what we're going to be exploring beyond that, too. So it's understandable that they'd be taking a bit more time to uh, flesh out some other periods first, because like Mm -hmm. nothing that they do with Mando and Book of Boba Fett and Andor and all that is going to set too much up for like the next 20 years of Star Wars history, like 
if they're going to do anything in the sequel trilogy period, it's probably going to be figuring out how much do they want to involve Ray or Finn or those characters. Mm-hmm. Like, I do think we'll get there, though. Yeah, at some point, I agree. I, I agree. I agree. I hope I'm proven wrong, but I just don't think that era can support as many good stories, right? Because it was so brief from the destruction of Hosnian mm. Prime to the end of the First Order or Eternal, whatever it was. It's like a year. There's like five years in there total with the Cold War and everything, though. I guess. But and Force no. Awakens to Rise of Skywalker. Like no, Last Jedi to Rise of Skywalker is shorter, but or maybe I'm thinking d- from Resistance. Yeah, because I think there's only I think it's only like a year in total, right? I often conflate the period between New Jedi Order and Dark Nest with the period that the sequel trilogy covers. So so fucking weird. What do those words mean? So yeah, the Battle of Exegol is in 35. And the Battle of Starkiller is in 34. So yeah, it's just a year. Oh, I thought that (laughs) was earlier. Yeah. Well, when's the the first order actually basically take over the galaxy is that with starkiller base or is that does anyone yeah. know or was that yeah. ever clear at any point <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'd say it all kind of happened in that one year i don't know i think like i think the the strongest part of the sequel trilogy was what they did with a lot of the characters what they set up with a lot of the characters so i think other content with like ray and finn has a lot of potential to be really good so oh yeah hard to agree the characters in those movies are like spectacular and the finn poe dynamic alone i think could carry a series yeah and oscar isaac has said he's back on board now if they wanted to do stuff with him so i think a lot of them will kind of go down that road of once they have a bit more distance yeah yeah as soon as those actors start owing money to the mob we're gonna see more <laughs> sequel trilogy content i think they could have done something interesting with like the exegol stuff too they just obviously didn't have like if they had that planned out i think that could have been kind of interesting but they didn't, yeah, I remember so. you were tweeting out some concept art that looks yeah. way cooler than anything we got in, in the movie. Uh, yeah. yeah. More yeah. weird Sith stuff would be cool. Yeah, I want to see like the giant like Sith bronze penis that they all have to like <laughs> worship every night. <laughs> all right. That's like, not, I don't remember seeing that one. <laughs> that ziggurat in the back? Yeah, that's actually a cock. You know where they didn't go to Exegol though was in Star Wars and or episode 11 in particular. Maybe the epi- other episodes they did. Maybe in episode 12 they go there. But getting this back on track, I respect the hell out of that. Yeah, thanks for calling. I don't, but yeah, let's talk about it. All right, actually, I want to know, Mark, Mark, before before we get to that, just kind of to to, is how have you have you liked the progression of the show? Do you have a particularly favorite arc? Like, how is this kind of last one? Oh God, Um, I mean, they've been so diverse, really. My my praise for the show cannot go far enough. I think every episode is spectacular. And when the prison stuff was coming up, I was like, oh, man, I'm never a fan of like prison stories. Like, I hope Mm -hmm. we can skip through that relatively quick. And then they get there. And in the first like 20 seconds where like they're saying stuff like on program and you're getting a sense of what it actually is like that internal culture in that prison Mm -hmm. is like Mm -hmm. so fascinating. And uh, yeah, and that's like every episode is my favorite. Like, I, I don't know how. I'm not good at reviewing stuff, apparently, because I think it's all great. Were you okay. were you in from the beginning or did it take you time with the first arc to kind of get up to speed? With it? <laughs> yeah, no, I was in from the start. I can't remember what episode it was. Episode one. <laughs> it might have been like the first like whenever like the first kind of big speech was. I don't remember what it was because there's so many good ones, but there was just some oh, lines of dialogue three, maybe. where it's like, oh, this is like really elevated from the Filoni stuff. And, and it really appealed to me. So, yeah, I, I was in pretty early, I think. Mm hmm. Yeah, I do wonder, and I, I mean, I, I was wondering whether the finale can can do it justice, 
I guess my main concern after episode 11 was, for one, how are they going to meaningfully tease season two? And it does kind of seem like most of the characters are headed to the same place. Like, will that feel contrived? Will it feel like, you know, kind of a messy way to wrap things up? I guess that was my little bit of a concern after episode 11. I don't want I like I'm not being critical here. I just, you know, if I want to if I want to talk about one thing here, you know, because we are wrapping down towards the end of the season. Well, it's scary, right? Because expectations are so high now. Even mm-hmm. like a good episode that doesn't quite reach the level of the previous ones might be, be seen as a letdown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, because who all do we know is going to be on Ferrix? Like, we know, uh, I, yeah, we know Cyril's mm-hmm. going there. Deidre mm-hmm. might go back. We didn't get any Deidre in episode eleven, do we? Did we? Um, uh, I think we got maybe a little bit. We got it at the very beginning. She's on Ferrix, like when she's inside the mm-hmm. the base. Um, so she's presumably still there, I think. And uh, I guess that was my one in. concern. Melshi yeah. is not. Melshi, I think we're Melshi's done with off till either ep- or season two or Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wouldn't expect to see him in the show again. Actually, I don't know. I think he might be uh, if as Cassian gets more involved in the actual rebellion, because mm, it seems true, like because... they were consistently working together until Rogue One. Yeah, you're right, and it does seem like the season two is going to take place over a lot of time. Yeah, so there could five years. I'm just waiting for them to say we were lying. We decided to break break season two up to season two and season three. That would how many people would love that? Yeah, man. The original plan was five seasons, right? Yeah, yeah. Bring back that plan, please. I don't know how much different that actually would have been in number of episodes because I think it was five shorter seasons compared to these oh. two longer ones, mm-hmm. where it was probably well, a shit. couple more episodes, but like it might have been closer to the standard five or six episodes per season that other shows were getting. Mm-hmm. so i don't know yeah i i i don't know it's just I, it seems like they they were so careful with season one and they they it's it's it feels like if they do this they're going to lose a lot of the kind of nuanced storytelling that they yeah. got with season one if they are jumping around that much because part of the reason why marva's death hit so hard is because you know we, we we saw her and i mean stuff like that can still happen but it's 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 going to be a little bit difficult with these big time jumps in in there. Yeah. If they decide to maybe space that out a bit more, then, like, you know, I'd, I'd be okay with it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at this point, they have my full confidence. So whatever they want to do, I'm on board until it ends up sucking. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, okay, so let's get right into the actual episode itself. We start off... Just kind of scrolling through. Oh, we start off with uh, the return of the Tie Reaper, which is a nice, uh, a nice yeah. Rogue One ship, the, mm-hmm. the the shuttle that you'll know from if you if you've played Star Wars Squadrons, especially. Yep. Um, Those were the days. I, I gotta say, I love the scene, uh, kind of right after that, where Bimo is like freaking out, and he's got the the like, coffee or the tea on his head, and it's sloshing around, and it's just like. That was like the first time I, I I felt like someone actually gives a shit about an astromech droid. Right? <laughs> oh, that God. that scene almost fucking broke me. Like this is Star Wars always comes up to the edge of like trying to touch on treating droids like mm-hmm. people, but no mm-hmm. one ever quite gets there. And like most of the protagonists we have are complete dicks to droids, especially Han and Obi Wan. But mm-hmm. like every droid needs a Brasso. Like he was yeah. treating him like an actual being who just lost someone important to him and i love yeah. it 
I don't, I don't know what it is, but that droid has its hooks in me. Like, usually in every Star Wars show, there's this stupid... Mark! Yeah. There's that stupid cute thing you're supposed to love, like Grogu and I guess maybe Omega or something. I always just find them irritating. But that droid, man, like... Omega. It made made me feel emotions again, and, like, (laughs) I can't explain it. I just love that it's, like, if you see it, it's not cute. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, Mm -hmm. like, it's the way it acts is cute. Like, it's it looks like a fucking box. But you know, it, it it's almost like it's it's it, you, like the, even the eyes has expression sometimes, and like the way it like what they do. I, I think like when modeling these these droids that they want to be cute, like R two or Bimo, I think they try to make them look like dogs, honestly, or or yeah. behave like dogs. Yeah. So like, I, I one thing I noticed is that when um, when Brasso goes back to Marva's house and <laughs> Bimo convinced him to have a sleepover. He's basically like <laughs> sitting in his charging pad, and it really reminded me of like a dog sitting yeah. in his bed, just like, like an old dog, right? Like he can't yeah. hold his charge anymore, and and it's just it's 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 so sad, and I I have such pity for that droid, and I I love him. And one thing, I, like a little thing that I've liked throughout the show too, is that like anytime someone sees Bimo, they they like touch him, they like rub his head, mm-hmm. like uh, it's just like yeah, like this is a thing with feelings, and mm-hmm. and Brasso gives him an opportunity, like Corey said, to you know say goodbye to marva alone it's like the droid has dignity as well because sometimes people are nice to droids but it's very very rare that they treat them with any sort of like dignity yeah even luke he was like he was talking to a vacuum cleaner when he first got like c-3po and them yeah i mean i think everyone's kind of given c-3po the vacuum cleaner like c-3po's <laughs> got serious anxiety do you know how awful it's got to be to be c-3po during an asteroid chase and they're like just shut him off <laughs> God, I love that Rise of Skywalker moment where, like, he's like, what are you doing, C-3PO? And he's like, taking one last look at my friends. And then, like, ten seconds later, they're back to making fun of him. <laughs> yeah, treating me like garbage, actually. Yeah. Like, Han wants to shoot him all the time. Obi-Wan has no respect for droids. They they just get such a, a raw end of the deal. And it's nice to see everyone treat B2 as part of the family, not just yeah. the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> Imagine if B two got fucking decapitated like R uh, five did, like R five did by that buzz droid. Imagine if out of nowhere, just he's walking down the street and a fucking buzz droid pops out of one of those stalls and rips B 2s head off. Like, just fifty minutes of torture porn against B. Like, no, that that would that would wreck me. I couldn't do it. Like, there's it's, no it's way probably... he survives. Oh, I, well, have you heard the theory that he gets his his brain gets transferred to um the Death Star? Uh, no, the uh, what's that droid that was hanging out with K two S O K two S O Yeah. I don't really buy that. I don't think they've really got similar personalities. No. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, it'd be kind of neat, but I you, it doesn't. B two is an Alan Tudyk. So. <laughs> well, you, you make the the excuse that oh, the the whatever device made his voice change and also his personality and every other trait about him. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a meaningful transition. <laughs> so it's like the uh, it's like the transporter problem, but if someone else was using it instead, yeah. <laughs> or maybe it's like in Captain America. Where you know Captain America, he's all he's all like kind of wimpy before the transition, but he is brave. And then he jumps on that grenade or whatever, and he gets in his new body, and he's like, "Oh yeah, like I'm ready to fucking go." Maybe that'll be the same thing with Bimo. He's only like this way because he's in his shitty little robot box <laughs> body. Then he gets in the to the absolute Chad Imperial security droid body, and he's just like, "No problem." But this doesn't get us anywhere because K two dies as well. Well, it's doubly sad then. Yeah. I, would actually, I, I, uh, wouldn't, I wouldn't like that. I, don't, I hope that would I. I did find it funny that that dog pisses on uh, B2 in his first scene. That was pretty good. 
Yeah, that, that's like the only little bit of Star Wars humor like we've gotten in the show. The yeah. the hound pissing. So on our those are real dogs, by the way. Sorry. There's real Justin, dogs they're, they're costumes. made up. They're, okay, just. <laughs> they're, no, they're. I saw a thing today. There are actual <laughs> okay, dogs buddy. inside the costume. I thought they would just do that with with special effects, but they're actual dogs. It's it's so cool. There's some behind the scenes pictures where they've got the entire hound costume on except for the head, and I was like, "What the fuck? These are real dogs." Yeah, usually they just get kids to go do those parts. Yeah. The Andor team is strongly against the mistreatment of uh, animals on set, which is why we feel so terrible about all those dogs we killed. <laughs> <laughs> so, a good TV show, boys. Away she goes. <laughs> last episode that we talked about, uh, one of the longer conversations we had was that I was saying I would have liked to see some direct acknowledgement of aliens in the galaxy beyond just like using the one guy as uh, comic relief when he was kind of mm-hmm. the 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 muscle going after Cassian and I'm happy to say like what they did this episode that was all I wanted we had a nice explicit mention of it we saw the two aliens who were like talking about their situation they were involved we didn't have to spend too much time with them and then off they went that was all I wanted I'm happy thank you thank you Andor for for giving me what I needed yeah they seem like pretty good guys just vibing you know yeah Scob the Empire who who hasn't been going through their day <laughs> They like burn their their mouth on their tea or something, and just lets out a scob the empire for it. So relatable. Yeah, I instantly turned on subtitles. <laughs> I, I did not, it's, so I still instantly. don't really know what they were they were talking about. But I, I saw uh, myself. The subtitles. Man, so. The subtitles don't clear up any. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, yeah. Wait, you don't understand what scob means? I do not know. It's it's fuck the empire, but scob instead. That was one of the rumors. That someone was going to say, fuck the Empire at some point. Those exact words. Was it an actual rumor? Yeah. I love it. Then Wikipedia gets a fuck entry. <laughs> <laughs> they want it anyways, and they want it to be a Twilight picture. They're just waiting for it. <laughs> we we win the breast fight just to put it in <laughs> Oh, well. I don't vibe with Wikipedia anymore. I'm beefing <laughs> with them. Mm. We're going to have so next week. Do we just need to have a, a full drama download instead of talking about anything? I know Andor yeah, will maybe. be done, but yeah, uh, it's going to call it all my haters. <laughs> the Eckhart's Ladder drama podcast. That's going to yeah. be a long one. It's going to be a long one. I'm trying to start a fight with Taylor Swift fans today because they weren't able to buy her tickets or something. So I said that alongside being an eco-terrorist, which we all knew because she flies everywhere. <laughs> she's, got like, she's got like six jets. I said, besides for being an eco-terrorist, she's a brutal capitalist and a hater of her fans. So, Well, <laughs> I hate her fans know. too, so maybe we got some, something in common, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Actually, that actually kind of made me like her a bit more. Nice. <laughs> well, the Taylor Swift fans are a lot like when... Uh, when they got that news, it was a lot like when Cyril got that call... In his mom's apartment from... Is this you trying to get us back on track? Yeah. From uh, okay. from his second in command about how Cassian would be going back to Ferrix. So I was kind of thinking of the many, many people who are trying to track down Cassian. Like as much as, as Cassian and Cyril's stories kind of reflect each other, uh, they I felt like he was the one that was most likely to kind of fall apart before he actually got to Cassian. Because otherwise, we have some sort of confrontation with Daedra, with Val, and mm-hmm. with Cyril. And I was leaning towards before and this Cinta episode. as well. Yeah. We like, know she's there. 
I don't know if it's going to be like a five-way standoff with them all there, but... Karn is a character, like, I don't want to say identify with them. I guess I just, like, (laughs) I I understand him, I guess, or I I think I understand him. Um, But since episode, whatever, one, two, whenever he first showed up, like, I've been so invested in his story. Um, He's, like, the kind of character I've wanted to see all throughout Star Wars, and I I really hope he, he makes it to the end of this thing. Yeah, I mean, he's... I was I he it was interesting because the story could have easily went like in one of two ways, kind of I think the way you and I were expecting Mark, where maybe he kind of sees like he's been manipulated by circumstance and mm-hmm. you know, or he goes the other way, which is what he did, where he just fully doubles down and uh, becomes a weird creepy stalker and you know a lot of other things. So I, I wanted to to have that moment of realization. Like I want him to like realize that he's just a tool to this these people he's devoted himself to right before he kind of dies. I think any kind of redemption for him would would disrupt the the whole mm. like progression of his character. So that, that's mm. where I hope he ends up. If he becomes a bounty hunter, I'm gonna lose a bet and be incredibly <laughs> embarrassed. So that can't happen. <laughs> There's no way he's a bounty hunter. He's not. I know the Which dude's is- the dude's the most limped wrist dude I've seen in my entire life. I don't think he could. Yeah. Well, tell this guy I made a bet to, because uh, I'm in deep trouble if it happens. Is this Alex again? Uh, no, it's a friend of Alex's. Okay. Uh, he was on our team for Operation Ace. Uh, Ryan, you might know him. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Because usually I mean, it's... Don't you usually make a bet with Alex, and then you win almost all of them, despite the fact that he's supposed to know better? Well, there's been one bet, and I retroactively won thanks to, to Mr. Eckhart here, but... Uh, oh, the, the Boba Fett the one? The Boba Fett yeah. appearance in... Yeah. How did I help win that? Well, you showed up in the video to uh, declare a summary judgment of some kind. Oh, right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I was fully like for that one. Well, oh, I mean, there's plenty of like off stream bets that I like. I, God, you know, Alex loses every argument against me. And that's why he's so angry and jealous, you know? <laughs> that, that's always he the does come off like I that. get from Alex. Well, yeah. he hides it really well. But if you, if you know him, you can, you can see the signs. He is just being eaten alive. Yeah. Anytime I. I tune in to watch him and Molly build Legos. You can see just a, a frothing resentment towards you just bubbling beneath the surface. Thank you. I mean, you want to talk about Twitter beef. I mean, we got to talk about that guy. <laughs> but, uh, not to derail things too much. Sorry, Corey, what would scene we on now? Uh, uh, let's talk of... about the shop scene. Unless there's... Nope. You know, I, I had a realization that I'm, I'm an actual moron during this episode. I didn't realize <laughs> the woman in the shop was the same one that approached Vel on the street. I thought that was somebody completely different. Which woman in the shop? Cinta? No, in the in uh like oh, the, oh, the uh, antique okay. shop. You're talking about yeah, yeah. you're talking about Clea. I yeah. didn't Yeah, I didn't realize that was the late the, the woman who approached her on the street. I thought that was somebody who's only appeared once, and I was like, Oh, that was her? Yeah, yeah. I'm a moron. Vel and Clea yes. both look kind of different in their first appearances outside of their normal context, so I, it's understandable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a lot of I've seen a lot of theories about these two because there's definitely something going on either they've just been you know they're all kind of you know uneasy lines people are saying oh maybe they're they were dating at one point some people are saying maybe they're actually sisters i don't i don't think they're sisters i don't know if they were dating but there's definitely kind of something bubbling beneath the surface there i think i i hope it's nothing like romantic i like i want people to just be like professionals who disagree with each other's goals you know like you don't need to Mm -hmm. inject that kind of melodrama to everything yeah i agree probably gonna be wrong but um I like the way that uh, Clea held her own when called out. Yeah. Uh, like, there is no recently, I think was their line, or there is no something or other. It's like always. And that would like, yeah. The, the dialogue in the show is so good. Yeah. 
Yeah, she's she's been an interesting character because at the very beginning, like you are wondering at first whether she knows anything. Then it's like, okay, she's just working for Luthen, and now kind of more and more, it seems like yeah, she's like directly involved in shit, um, which I've been appreciating. Competent, she's keeping track of like who's driving. Like everyone's so good at their job in the show, it's incredible. And compared to Boba Fett, where like nobody knows what they're doing, it's it's it's. (laughs) I love it. I love it so much. It seems like Luthen is probably gonna go off the deep end or down in some way, then Clea will probably still be in some kind of position with the rebellion for a while. I'm looking forward to season two where we'll start getting like the early days of Leia's time in the rebellion, maybe get some, mm. uh, mm. some bail in there as well. And we can maybe see some resolution of like Mon Mothma's family life. We'll have a scene where Leia, Leda and Clea start talking to each other <laughs> and no one has any fucking clue what's going on. Can we talk about that right now, Leda? Because I, I put a video out on this today, and it's something that I, I want to talk about. Because um, I've seen some really awful takes online. Um, about the arranged marriage situation? or, or not No, about or... Leda and Mon Mothma's relationship. Okay. Where, if and like, I could tell a lot of these people are parents probably just because of the way they're writing, and I'm like, fuck, I would hate to have this person be my mom. I've seen so many people call Leda like an ungrateful... I've seen the word brat so many times. Ooh. And like... Because she doesn't like, they're like Mon Mothma's such a great. Well, I might actually just. I'm just gonna pull up this this Reddit thing I saw because it was at the time anyway, really highly upvoted, and it was just it was really bad. Yeah, uh, and it was kind of one of a few. I'm just pulling it up now, but it was all. It's all kind of about you know because obviously Leda and Mon Mothma have a a strained relationship to put it yeah. to put it lightly. Um, so this is what the quote said. Uh, it says, holy, Leda Mothma is so infuriating to me. The glare she gives Mon when she hugged Vel just irked me. Such a little shit. Your mother is an incredibly empathetic and smart woman, and you just despise her. She does so much good, and you've estranged yourself to what? Cozy up to your piece of shit father who doesn't give a shit about anyone and likes fascism? Such a far cry from Jobin, a hero and person willing to lay down his life at the drop of a hat to defend the innocence of the galaxy. So, like... In my opinion, that's a complete misread of the situation. Like, mm-hmm. I like the Mothma family because it's so complex. Um, like, relatable. I mean, what's her face? Leda doesn't know she's living in a Star Wars, right? She doesn't know that her mom's yeah. doing all this stuff, I assume. Yeah, like, Mon yeah. Mothma's good deeds aren't really out there for everyone to see. And as far as Leda's concerned, she just has a kind of absentee mother who cares more about her yeah. job, even if her job is important, than about her and especially when she doesn't know the exact nature of that work and well, I mean, Perrin, she did yeah. yeah sorry but like well Perrin is obviously has some terrible views in other ways or he's at the very least willing to go along with the fascist state because he likes the lifestyle he's giving Lita the attention that she mm-hmm. wants or needs at that age she's like what 14 16 13 year I think mm-hmm. she's 13 maybe she doesn't have like a big conception of galactic politics in her mind. She has her two parents, one of whom one who yeah doesn't like, have a job like... is just there hanging out with her all day, and one who's never there. In, yeah, in a it's... worse show, she'd be like sneaking off with like a laser slingshot to like pluck <laughs> away at stormtroopers, and and so I, yeah, no, like this realistic angry teenager, I think is perfectly great. Yeah, like. You know, she's and she is being neglected. Like, it's clear. There, I think it's episode five, which really shows Mon Mothma is not around a lot. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you understand why, but you also understand why your kid hates her. It's like the one time they're supposed to hang out later doesn't even want to do it because it's like, you're just doing this because you think it makes you look good. Uh, There's also a really interesting comment I wanted to read on, on the video that I was discussing. 
uh, where it said it's kind of about Perrin because yeah, Perrin's obviously a bit of a dingus, but he's not. I don't think he's supposed to be like an open fascist or anything like that. He's like, I'll just read the comment. He said, Tony Gilroy said in an interview that Perrin is one of his favorite characters. He's an Epicurean seeking calm pleasure in a city filled with people only interested in war and politics. Obviously, his passivity can create an environment in which fascism can rise unimpeded. And that's a problem. It's a pretty central theme to the show. But to call him a fascist directly is missing the point. Yeah. And I, I, I agree. You know, he's 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 living this life where everything he owes to the empire he's you know rubbing shoulders he's maybe not being as introspective as he should be but um he's also just trying to keep his family together and yeah he's certainly closer to it but like Perrin is ultimately supposed to be 90 percent of us in that situation yeah like exactly and it's the same with karn like i hate these people who who rag on karn so much um because People assume there's some like switch in your head that flicks from good person to fascist, whereas I think it's more nuanced than that. I think it's the whole point of the show. Um, so, yeah, that that parent guy, like you don't have to be a card carrying member of of the Nazis or the uh, the Empire or whatever to benefit from that and to, uh, you know, find your way working into that system. Yeah, so I, I agree. And the, the whole that's the thing the whole family dynamic is so interesting. And it's it's frustrating when people try to write it off as Mon Mothma good. Uh, Leda Mothma bad. It's like she's yeah. just doing, you know, she hates her mom because you would hate her too, you know? To be fair, though, I think uh, Rebels and, and uh, Clone Wars have, like, trained people to interpret Star Wars in this way because it's not usually this nuanced, at least to my uh, limited knowledge. I haven't seen all the episodes, I guess. I think Rebels kind of approached that. Like, it dealt with family. Like, I really like Rebels. I'd, I'm not that big on Clone Wars, and Rebels is kind of all about family and... You know, it's kind of the same thing with Ezra's parents. They end up kind of abandoning him for the cause. And mm. and there is kind of about Hera and Kanan just sometimes just not being like they're kind of the stand in parents for Ezra and just kind of not being there. So I would say Do you think it's a bit more blunt in those shows because they're, they're yeah, coming to younger audiences. And yeah, don't to it's definitely. No, it's I'd say it, it, it's it is definitely more blunt, but I, I think Rebels in particular, um, like I I don't take a lot away from Clone Wars thematically, to be honest. I'm not a big Clone Wars guy. Um, I think Rebels is kind of more about touching on all the general themes of Star Wars, like you know what it means to be a Jedi, what it means like how, how why families important, all these things. Uh, kind of reiterating the same message over and over again. Whereas this is a much more kind of nuanced depiction of yeah. not only Star Wars stuff, but you know real world things as well. Well, this relationship is also something that we've seen in uh, the New Jedi Order series as well with uh, Jaina and Leia, where the fact that Han and Leia were like good people doing good things, but that resulted in their kids kind of paying the price in how they were able to develop because they didn't have that attention. They were always with Winter while she was trying to have sex with a fish, which like when <laughs> someone's trying to have sex with a fish near you, then it can be difficult to kind of fulfill those emotional needs and are you speaking I, from personal experience it seems like this is very meaningful to you look i when when you grow up in niagara like there's a lot I, of he did disappear around, around the halifax waterfront very <laughs> suspiciously it's not weird, came, it's back, not weird. W- came back wiping his hands what did they call it a, a fishmonger coming out of the fishmonger yeah I don't no, know. that's a really good point though uh, do you think look that, that that might repeat himself with that uh, with later do you think like the price of mon mothma's dedication to the cause is her own daughter and husband i guess well, it's, this, that's kind of an interesting one because 
I think she is willing to sacrifice her daughter for one. And like, you know, that's kind of what all the shows about, you know, great sacrifices. And it, it is like she is. People are saying that, oh, oh it's just a play date with the kid, basically. Like, mm. no, like no, this is a, this is a marriage. Like you can see that Leda is very clearly in to the Chandrillan custom. Mon Moth was not crying because she's, you know, wants the TV and the kids are going to have it. Like she knows that they're probably going to get married. Um, I think it would be interesting if the, the, the guy's kid doesn't turn out to be a total slime ball. I think it's possible that we never actually find out. Yeah. Um, but she is willing to sacrifice her, her kid basically. Um, well, and it seems and, even more complex because Leda seems into it. Like she was, doing that weird chant thing i feel like she'd be that's what totally i mean yeah. yeah that's what i mean yeah when but, you remove when like she's brought to coruscant she doesn't have any real exposure to the culture she came from so mm. having that kind of connection back to her home when like everything she knows on coruscant is the stuff that's keeping her away from her mom so she'd blame that almost as much as she'd blame mom mothma herself i think I Ooh, that's a good mom read mothma. i like that so like having that connection to her home world that's the closest thing she can get to what she'd see as a normal life with her normal family. Mm -hmm. And then you have Mon Mothma, the progressive who is trying to, you know, move beyond all that. Yeah. I, I read someone make the comparison to like second generation immigrants will often like, yeah. you know, the first generation will try to, um, you know, find their way in local culture. And then you often see like the second generation kind of look back more to like their customs and stuff from wherever they came from. That's kind of what it reminded me of as well. But the thing is, like, she is kind of knowing all this and giving giving her her kid away to the the son of a slime ball. Yeah, you know, like he's not a good dude. Whatever he's doing, like, you know, so we don't know exactly what he's a thug. Basically, I do want to kind of clarify something I said about parent a little bit more. When I'm saying like ninety percent of us would be him, I'm not saying like explicitly the fascist sympathizer. I'm saying in anything that we do with modern life right now. Uh, anything that is in our standard of living and for most of the people listening, I'm assuming, and for any of us, there are elements of that lifestyle that is only enabled by suffering and exploitation elsewhere. And mm -hmm. what Perrin is doing is he's showing he's okay with that because he doesn't want to be deprived of that standard of living. He's accepting that. And that's what I'm saying most people would be okay with. And I think that's part of what the show is trying to do with that. Not that 90% of people would see Emperor Palpatine and be like, hey, thumbs up to you. Just, I like my standard of living right now with my car, my energy consumption, my material consumption. And I know not everyone can do that. And only I can do that. Or I can only do that because other people can't. But a lot mm -hmm. of people wouldn't take the next step and say, okay, so I have to stop doing this. I've got to at least make some leftist YouTube videos. At least. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but like it's, it's, it's in, his inaction benefits fascism, even if he's not. Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, yeah. And I mean, yeah. like, yeah, I, I definitely uh, relate to that because we've all, you know, I think we've all lived under government policies you don't agree with. But how many of us even, you know, vote, let alone mm -hmm. take up arms or whatever? Yeah, that's a good point. No, I, I get what you mean, Corey. I, I think I, I think that's a good take. Uh, well, I mean, I'm still going to cancel you I later. vote in every election at least five times. I'm doing my part. <laughs> I remember when my when my son was one, I, I think it was one, whenever the last federal election was, um, I, t I, I took him to vote and I posted on Facebook, like, just took my son around the city to vote a few times. And there was somebody who thought I was serious and they were like, excuse me. <laughs> 
I guess it wouldn't have been the last federal election. That was like last year. Maybe the, I don't know, whatever. But one before that. Well, get your get your voter fraud properly documented, Justin, so we can know. Yeah. He, I remember though, Heath, I told him we were going voting and he thought we were going <laughs> voting. And he's, I don't think he's ever been more disappointed in his whole life. <laughs> Because my dad's got kid. my dad's got a boat, so we thought we were going on the boat, and I'm like, no, we're going voting. It's it's kind of less epic, but also, you know, I mean, the whole thing with Andrew with so many of these characters is setting up these issues where you can understand where everyone is coming from, but with most of them, you can kind of see where the correct, like what is supposed to be the correct action being taken by the character, like where they're making the right choice, but it's also. The kind of situation that if you were to imagine yourself in, you can't necessarily be sure that you'd have the information or you'd have the moral strength to do the right thing. And I think that's what makes it so much more interesting than just Anakin went and slaughtered an entire village. Clearly, that's the wrong thing. You to should do. not do that. Yeah, the Spellhouse Raid, I think, is a really good example of that, where it's like, yeah, he's cultivated this mole who's obviously pretty high in the ISP. Um, and it's like, is it worth, you know, losing 30 men to save him? Like, if you look at it on a pure balance sheet, probably, like, you'll probably, you know, get enough assets and battles and whatever that those 30 men will be replaced. But, you know, you're also still fucking over 30, 30 people fighting for the cause, you know? Yeah. yeah, Corey, you talked about people knowing or being able to tell when people are making the right or wrong choice. But we can only tell that because we have the outside context right, exactly. of knowing this is a Star Wars story. So I maintain... And I might be wrong. I'd have to rewatch it. But I think that Cyril Karn especially hasn't done anything like morally wrong yet. It's he's he's up to the edge with like his weird like so stalking stuff. I, but he's trying to hunt down a murderer, you know? The like, thing with that, that, I think one of the things with Cyril is that he's so often so willing to ignore the things that would show him that what he's supporting is wrong. So yeah. the first scene we have with him in the in his kind of commanding officer when he's starting his obsession with Andor his commanding officer lays out exactly what happened very accurately on how Andor ended up in that situation and how the system that Cyril is supporting and thinks represents that order is not what he thinks it is how they were equally responsible for what happened and they were also doing things that if he was being like truly objective and I'm just hunting down a murderer, he would have been just as concerned about rooting out the actual corruption, not just the corruption that stops him from hunting down this murderer. Like there are other yeah. directions he could have take that, taken that desire for order rather than just assuming that the system is always doing the right thing for them and kind of looking past everything that the ISB has done wrong, that uh, Riox Morlan, what's it called? I think it's... Yeah, has done wrong like he's been given so many opportunities to reevaluate his underlying assumptions and he has not taken any of them so it's not that he is like as much of a unredeemable character as say daedra is or some of the other like died in the wool imperials are but he's not taking those opportunities he's not examining those assumptions and it's i'm not sure i agree I'll say there's a couple of moments where I kind of feel like his biggest kind of uh, sin is just closing his eyes. Like he's seen firsthand when Priox Merlana, what I think of is him barging in to Marva's house, you know, throwing her up against the wall. Uh, he knows that a civilian was killed 
needlessly under his watch, essentially, um, when it was, uh, what's his name? Uh, just that guy who told on Andor. Um, and he's also seen that the Empire really isn't, you know, this fair beacon of law and order that he, he, he thinks it is. Like, when he's working at the factory, he gets his entire record expunged basically because he knows a dude uh, or because his uncle really knows a dude and they're willing. He can just, with a tap on the tablet, wipe it away while there are people in prison who have just had their sentences doubled. Um, so I, I, I think it, the thing he's most guilty of is maybe not being, you know, closing his eyes to some of the unfairness. Yeah, his reaction to having his record expunged surprised me because I would have thought that he would have seen the hypocrisy in that or yeah. he would have realized that oh shit, the Empire is just as, as corrupt as uh, Preox Marlana. But yeah, that's what I he, thought he was going the other way. He still that. could. His, his expression did seem a little surprised. Uh, it's hard to know. I, I hope they don't ignore that. Yeah, well, I, I hope so too, because I, he's definitely like a very real character, you know? Like, he's he's clearly become obs- like obsessed, ob- obsessed over Andor, and, mm-hmm. you know... Well, I think he's looking for a father in first Preox Marlana and now the Empire. Like, he's seeking the approval of an institution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I love Karn. He's, like, the best character. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he's really good. Well, I think, like, at the core of it is that he is doing that. He's looking for that institution to approve of him. But he's also... His dedication to order is more to, like, the letter of the law than being willing to critically examine systemic issues. But he's also living in a system where that that is designed to prevent him from being able to do that, right? Right. It's not entirely his fault, but that is the path he's going down. And he has had those opportunities to at least examine it a little bit more. And he's starting uh-huh. to. He We do see that bit of a reaction with like, oh, if they are willing to uh, expunge my record, or even if they're uh, they're not looking into the the murder as much as i think they should but he's not like expanding it one step beyond that of like if if they're not looking into the murder what are the things are they doing that is making the situation worse and should maybe make me feel more sorry for the people on ferrix whose lives i'm willing to entirely uproot to get cassian Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think right now he's like centered on the ISB where he, maybe he's like, OK, so the whatever place I was working in, there's some issues there. Preox from Atlanta, there's some issues there. But the yeah. ISB, they know what they're doing. Those are the guys for me. He keeps like switching from institution to institution. Yeah. And eventually he's going to end up and the Imperial Guard will get a flash forward to him standing on the second Death Star, happy <laughs> in his red cloak, and then he explodes. Man, he needs his uh, like be- before Cyril Karn, my favorite character was uh, Moff Jerjarod. And it was because mm-hmm. of a, a scene that got deleted from the movie. But, is that uh, the one I don't in the Death Star? Uh, yeah. Where you do, they tell him to blow the planet up? Yeah, and he's like, but yeah. we still got guys on the, on the planet, and the Emperor like, just do it. He's like, fuck those dudes. <laughs> and, he, and he has like this moment, Jedrod is like, he realizes that he, he's dedicated his life to this institution that doesn't think of him at all, you know? He could have been yeah. on that planet. He could have been the one to get blown up. So he's like, he's hesitating and he's, he's like in a single moment, his life view gets destroyed. And I'm waiting for Karn to go through that same moment. And that was after being choked out by Darth Vader as well in <laughs> yeah. that one scene. Well, he was originally supposed to be, I don't think they ever filmed this, but like in the original scripts, Jared was supposed to be like, uh, almost, not quite a Palpatine level villain, but like more of a Tarkin level villain uh-huh. where in the movie, he kind of, I, I don't even know if they say his name in the movie. Um, probably once but like he was originally supposed to be like one of like in the early scripts he was going to be the guy on course maybe even like 
higher above Vader, like on it wasn't called Coruscant at the time, but on the Imperial homeworld. Yeah. But obviously, his role was diminished. Well, it was funny because my read on on like it's not a lot to go on, right? But my read on his character from that deleted scene was like this was a a good man who was in service to an evil regime and figured that mm-hmm. out way too late. But since then, in the expanded universe stuff, it's like, oh, no, he was a bully and a jerk, and he did all the mean things. Like, it's like, okay, you've ruined it. Um, it's kind of funny. If you look up Jarred on uh, on the Star Wars page, uh, like on the Star Wars data bank, uh, data bank page, it's that picture from the deleted scene. <laughs> um, Sorry, uh, is it Jared or Jared Gerard? I don't know how to pronounce that. I, 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 I don't know. Gerard, but oh, okay. I, I don't think it's, yeah. I don't know if it's ever officially said out loud enough to really matter. There's a really good short story from a certain point of view about oh, what's the fucking name of the Imperial that Vader chokes and Empire Strikes Back. Um, Nita. Yeah, yeah, Nita. I said there, first. I want it on the record. I finally got something right. Yeah. So there's a there's a short story in a certain point of view. The second one, obviously, about Nita. Obviously. Or no, n- not Nita. Not Nita. The the guy who comes out of light speed too close to the planet. Um, Oh, Ozil? Ozil, yeah, Ozil. I'm forgetting all my my Imperial stay. Yeah, so there's as he is stupid. Yes. So there's one about Ozil as he's being choked out, and that it's kind of exactly what. Keep going. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's it's exactly what Mark's talking about. It's like he's thinking about like his mother and leaving his planet and how he's wasted his life serving evil. It's it's really good. It's actually very sad. Damn, Uh, I should read that. That sounds exactly what I want. Yeah, it's one of my favorite Star Wars short stories. Uh, I never seen anyone talk about it, but it's so good. It's like it, like it's like a tearjerker almost. It's very good, but um, but yeah, I'd recommend that one. There was actually an extended version of that scene when they came out and Vader said that, where one of the officers in the background was like, "It's a very sick burn, sir." But they had to cut <laughs> it for time. That's why I like. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the the whole scene is just. On on the the super star destroyer there, there's so many funny scenes where like Imperials are just standing like really close to each other and it's just like they they just don't get the set quite right. I don't know. It's just it's funny. A little uh, off topic here, but I love when Piet is like just complaining to some guy about the bounty hunters. Like that's so unprofessional to complain to you like <laughs> your contractors. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember the the one scene that's really funny is. Um, is when Vader calls General Veers, he turns around and General Veers is standing like an inch away from him. <laughs> and somebody edited it really well. He goes, General Veers, and he turns around and he goes, you're standing too close to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Veers was, uh, was a capable guy. That was a power move on his part. That was intentional. Oh, yeah, totally. If, if you yeah. could have Vader swish his cape and turn around at you and you don't even flinch, that's like Kobe when whoever threw the ball at him and he didn't flinch. That's just oh uh, now now Kobe. This is um this is an athlete of some kind. Was yep. an athlete. Of some Was kind. an athlete. Oh uh, okay, sorry. He did <laughs> flinch some other. I'm uh, no okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, Corey? I don't know what you're talking about. It's, it's just fine. It's fine. It's fine. No 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 no. What no, it's it? fine. It's fine. Okay. Uh, God rest his soul. Uh, so I I. It'd be horrible to to finish the episode and not talk about the uh, the thing that me and Eck argued about today, the exact nature of what Luthen did and which Legends element it is most <laughs> like. Uh, hmm. So to me, it was most reminiscent when Luthen lured them into powering up the tractor beam even more and no, then just I agree. ejected that, a bunch of it... chaff 
into it. No, I agree. It's it's basically what Luke does in the mm-hmm. uh, in Heir to the Empire when Thrawn has a lock on him. He drops the proton torpedo out, and then yep. he kind of shifts it so they lose the track on him, and then relock onto the proton torpedo. Then it goes and blows up the proton. Or no, I agree. That's what it's more closer to. But then For Thrawn me, though, kills a fucking a gunnery sergeant, and we're still supposed to think he's a reasonable person. Yeah, so I agree that's what it's closer to. But I thought they were going with another tractor beam situation from the Thrawn trilogy, because in book three, our hero Luke Skywalker is once again trapped in a tractor beam, <laughs> and he does something different. It's called the covert shroud technique, where he basically uses a bunch of particles usually reflective particles says in the book i reread it and um it basically just scrambles the tractor beams computer and also gets in the way of the beam itself it's like you're putting out a big it's more like an actual chaff countermeasure where you're kind of you're literally just chaffing and then the reflections make it difficult so when i saw that he was loading up um when he was loading up like for a second you can tell that he's shooting reflective particles i thought that's what he was doing but it was obviously much closer to what you suggested which makes sense because it was really smart how they wrote it. Like he, he, he makes the tractor beam like go up from level two to level ten, so that the second he shoots those things out, they're going to be going a million miles an hour when they they uh, crush into the ship. Which yeah. I thought was really clever. The details in that sequence were were so awesome. That's all. Yeah, I can here. it has me really hoping stuff. that we get a proper space battle at some point because the Rogue One space battle is the best. And this, even this brief instant, it ha- it reminded me of it in a, a lot of ways, like the speed of the ship, like the, I don't know, it's just like Rogue One managed to capture just like a feeling of flight and movement and like velocity. And in this brief, brief space battle, especially where he's he buzzes the bridge, I, I felt that again. There was something weird with uh, the space scenes in Kenobi, like the cinematography and, and the, the framing of those shots made it look kind of awkward and slow and yeah. just weird and i was struck by very careful. how much better this is yeah the kind of low orbit uh kind of uh background was cool too yeah it's just yeah. you don't usually get i think that ship looks stupid though <laughs> it is a little goofy looking yeah but uh, whatever it still was rad when it uh, got hit by those flechettes or whatever it was yeah it's a little annoying that it's called the fondor like why you gotta name your ship after a planet yeah that i, w- I was confused by that because that's an imperial shipyard isn't it yeah Okay. So, it, yeah, I was confused because it was like Fondor. When I was watching initially, I like I always watch with the subtitles on so I can catch any like background references. And uh, it was saying like Fondor computer was saying something. So yeah. I was like, oh, it's a Same. a make of computer from Fondor. So the ship is probably from Fondor. But now we know like five episodes later that it's because the ship is named the Fondor. I think they said it at some point earlier than that. I th- I'm pretty sure in episode four, he says the Fondor, but yeah, I was exactly casting. He's like, I, I had him on the Fondor and on all that. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. See, I always, if I really want to know something, I'll go back and listen to it with the descriptive audio on mm-hmm. for, for uh, blind people. And sometimes there are good things. Like sometimes there is real information in there. The dark troopers. Um, the dark troopers the dark yeah. troopers yeah that was a big one um yeah well the subtitles got me the uh telgorn cruise line stuff going to hosni and prime mm. that episode had like five or six callbacks to i think it's uh, the jakku as well WG didn't it stuff. maybe 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. In my video today, I accidentally called Jetta Jakku, and I have to delete my channel now. Ooh. Yeah. Oof. Oh, should we talk about what happened when you were here when we were getting drinks? With uh, your channel? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> oh fuck, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So should I say should I say what you okay, so Corey put out a video that wasn't doing very well. Yeah. Um and he uh, We he, were trying to talk about like I, w- I was trying to come up with a new title and talk to Justin about it. Yeah, and I was upset because I was at we were at a cocktail bar. And it was way more expensive than I realized. No, yeah. I'm just joking about that part. But um, it was. But, but yeah, it ended up being expensive. But anyway, he renamed the video to watch this, or I'm going to please watch this ki- video, or I'll kill please myself. watch this video, or I'm going to effing kill myself, oh fucking my kill God. myself. And I clicked save. So I, his video is that instantly email from YouTube. Your video has been age restricted. <laughs> oh my God! I just was right, not well, thinking. Going it. drinking with you, Mr. Eckhart. Yeah, it's, that's probably fair. It's not a joke that I would make in a public forum generally, <laughs> but I figured Eck wouldn't be in a position to be triggered by that or anything. So I made that joke and then Eck saved it and immediately age restricted is like, okay, well, my channel's dead now. Thanks. Yeah, I actually felt really, really bad until yeah. it was like, fine. And you said, oh, I'll, 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 I'll do a community link and then you never did. So it's fine. <laughs> oh, shit, didn't I? I thought I did it right then and there. Okay, yeah. well. Because I said, don't do it until I have a new title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that was a, that was a fun night. Yeah, I, I still haven't dismissed the notification in studio that it happened. So it's just <laughs> anytime I go onto Datapad, it's just sitting there. Part of history. Staring at me in the face. Yeah. A lot of that night was... The fun thing about going drinking with Charlie is like... For some reason, the guy's the most—I'd say for some reason—that sounds weird. The guy's the most confident guy ever when it comes to talking to women. So you'd be like, "Charlie, go, 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 make your go make friends with not just women. Go make friends with that group." And he'll go, "All right, mate." And he'll just he'll just saunter off. And we did that on that night, and he was gone for like what, like two hours, Corey? Yeah, the entire time we were at the bar, it was just me and you talking to each other because Charlie was off making new friends. And that was my yeah. last night there. So yeah, he's just so gone. That. Yeah. Oh well. All right. Any final thoughts on uh, on Andor for us, Mark? Any predictions you wanna you wanna make some bets with it. me? You're in favor oh, okay. of it. Any bets uh, you wanna make with me? Because Eck already knows what happens, but I promise yeah. I haven't watched it yet. Do we want to make a bet here about what's gonna happen for anything? I don't know if it does it lend itself well to bets. I mean, the the bounty hunter one is stupid. I'm gonna win that one. But, Do you think Cyril's uh, gonna live or die? I oh, story? I I want him to die, but I'm not sure if that's actually gonna happen. No, the show the show has the balls to do it. I think he's gonna die. I, th- I think there's two prime candidates for dying. Um oh what's her name again? Um Cinta Andor- No Andor's XGF. Uh Bix. Um, yeah, Bix and and yeah, Cyril. I think those are the two kind of you, prime didn't candidates. You already watched I don't the goddamn show. Die. I, I I'm not betting on it. I'm not gonna bet on it. Bix has gone through too much to to kill her off. I think she's yeah. gonna escape or something. I think that'd be too that's mean. just she's the one I've seen most of the discussion about. That's why I mentioned. Oh, okay, it. so this I think yeah. Andor might die. I'm just not sure when. <laughs> it's a clone. Oh God, Star Wars would do that too. Andor. Did did Kino turn into Snoke? Was the was the theory right after all? Do people believe that honestly? Because that's the stupidest I think some thing. of them do. 
and I think people have been like more jokingly saying it since like uh since he disappeared at the end of that episode. Like my friend was saying got his scars and his face is all messed up because he couldn't swim and he got eaten by sharks. Yeah. And then he uses Sith lightning to blast out of the water and he can like fly through space using Sith powers. And his power level was way stronger than any other Sith ever. <laughs> so epic. And then he got cut in half. The end. <laughs> then he had robot legs. He's going to be back. My friend Nick did say there was a certain irony to dying because he wasn't able to swim and then having to spend the rest of his many lifetimes upside down in a vat. So... <laughs> All right. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not feeling too strongly in either direction about Cyril living or dying to, to take the devil's advocate advocate position there though if you think he's not gonna die for thematic consistent consistency he has to die i just he don't does. know if the show is like god if it's like one of those things where you know in the, in the last episode he's like i just realized i'm wrong i'm gonna like defect the rebellion i'm gonna team up with omega and we're gonna like <laughs> throw the space marbles at the at the bad stormtroopers they're gonna slip and fall and ugh. yeah i'll be done I wonder if the stormtroopers who are like stationed in animated shows feel better than the ones in live action shows. <laughs> like, do they know? Do they get like an assignment slip? Like, TK seven two three, thirty first infantry division, Bad Batch season two. <laughs> They're assigned to shows rather than divisions. I love yeah. it. It's like all the bad stormtroopers gets into the children's shows. <laughs> and then, <laughs> oh, where do I go, boss? The only thing you have to worry about is being like comic relief death when an Imperial gets angry, like with uh, Agent Callus kicking the one off in... Is that the pilot? Yeah, it's the pilot. But anyways, I guess we're we're going to be betless. But that's going to do it. is betless, repeat betless. <laughs> I'm hatless. I do got to go in seven minutes, but I'm disappointed that I, I missed out on the on the Twitter drama. Yeah, we'll probably do that next week, I guess. Do you think there'll be more drama by then or, or less? Almost certainly more. Okay. Yeah, probably There's more. always more. It's turned into a... I think the Twitter drama has turned into a permanent fixture, usually at the start of the show, so... Yeah. Well, I respect the hell out of you for fighting the good fight. <laughs> I'll, just say, I'll just say fuck the haters. And if you're listening, that means you. Ah, oh, damn. Is everyone no. listening? No. Only the haters. All right. Well, thank you to all the haters who are listening. Thank you, Mark, for joining us to share yeah, all of your thoughts. Me. Always a pleasure. I imagine it would be. Yeah. <laughs> Don't like any. So so fucking sick of this guy. I try, I try to say a nice <laughs> thing, and then you have to fucking ruin it. <laughs> I think I elevated it. Okay. Isn't well, that why you brought me on here? You're like, everyone oh, the ratings are doing great. We need a big guest star. We need we need our Luke Skywalker and Enda Mando. Let's let's bring in Mark. He's gonna. He's going to fire things up. All right. Well, if everyone wants to see Mark get his comeuppance, just tune into the video being released on my gaming channel tomorrow, and uh, we'll see who's really the best. Right, you beat me at a game that you like. Don't spoil it. Man alive. Oh, sorry. Comeuppance <laughs> didn't necessarily mean you lost, but he lost. I think I kind of meant that. Yeah. Could have been an emotional I, I have a rich social life, Corey, so who's really winning? I sleep in a race car bed. <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you again mark thank you everyone for listening next week we'll do uh emails twitter drama and the finale of andor just in our cozy standard setup until then live 
long in the force. Yeah. So is that the line? Yeah. Live long in the force. Not in the okay. force and the force. And beyond. 